you got the call. Welcome to the big leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Call-Up, presented by Triple Play Fantasy. We've got a show for the gambling and betting community tonight, a little something different than just talking straight prospects. Hopefully you guys like it. We want to give you a bunch of different type of content here. And you may notice that we have, of course, Vinny, aka Down on the Farm, one of my normal co-hosts. But we also have a guest tonight that I'm going to introduce in just a second. Vinny, how's it going, man? It's going good. You know, it's awesome to be able to watch baseball again. You know, spring training's in full kick. Mm-hmm. We get to see this new pitch clock, which is very interesting. It's already been some controversy with that, but it's just always nice to watch baseball. It really is. Uh, it's kind of like the, the unfortunate part. We're seeing some injuries happen, but we're also seeing home runs. We're seeing guys starting to get helium. Uh, you know, we already jumping up draft boards and, just like we'll talk about tonight, maybe even some odds betting wise changing. So it's exciting. It shows us that baseball is kind of back already, uh, for even though we have a month before the season starts. But very exciting. And of course, I'm also as excited to talk about our guest. He does baseball bets, fantasy and analysis. He's won a lot of bets. He's got a winning record. He's up 51.35 units overall last year for MLB betting. Gives you locks every single day. Hashtag locks don't lose. Uh, someone that I've gotten to know very well over the last couple of weeks here, and one of my f- new favorite follows in the baseball community is Nick, aka Nick's MLB picks on Twitter. What's up, man? Nothing much. Super happy to be here, and uh, it won't be locks every day, right? <laughs> and as I will always tell people, it's kind of a a lame way to call it, but no, definitely no such thing as a lock, mm-hmm. especially in this game. But yeah, I've always I've always called it my my lock of the day if I really love something. But yeah. If you were to say, how often does your lock of the day hit? If you do 10 locks, you say like um, it's, seven, it, eight? Last year it was 60%, mm-hmm. which was kind of disappointing for me. Like for a three-unit play, mm-hmm. um, I think 2021, I believe I was 21 and six on them. Mm-hmm. Something like that, around there. It was, it was a, a way better success rate than it was in 2022 2022 i got off to a really slow start um opening day i think i i'll never forget this one actually i'm not saying i think i know i bet <laughs> corbin burns's k prop over against the cubs i did too i remember this 2021 chicago cubs man they just struck out like crazy mm-hmm. um and so i saw the line they said it was like six and a half or seven and a half i was like all right that's it day one we got a lock of the day and i was so stoked for real baseball and uh, boom, just like that. I think I was down seven units on opening day. Now, one last question before we kind of dive into what the main part of the show is going to be. What's the the correlation in terms of how many player props do you do as opposed to uh, like money lines and, you know, over-unders type of things in terms of like team context? What are your normal type of things that you like to bet? So right now for spring training, there's really limited odds 
um, on most of the books. My favorite bets are first five innings, strikeout props, um, team total runs. Mm -hmm. Those are the three most frequent. Money lines as well. I really don't touch a lot of full game over-unders during the year. Uh, not saying it doesn't happen, but it's it's not super frequent mm -hmm. that I do full game under over-unders and whatnot. But every once in a while, I'll do a stolen base prop too, some some hitters props. Um, if I see a guy who mashes lefties and to get one hit is even odds, I'm like, all right, you know, things yeah. like that. And and there's more to the process than just like, oh, they hit lefties hard. I, I dig into things more than that, but that's just an example. I love it. Uh, definitely somebody you should be following this year to try to win some money for MLB betting. I know I'm definitely going to keep an eye on some of his picks. And that's why we brought him on. That's why we have Vinny, who's, again, everybody that watches this show every week, we know his knowledge about rookies and prospects. And that's the theme, combining them into the show tonight. Rookie of the year betting odds. We're going to give our picks for tonight. Which guys do we think can win you some money in terms of if you throw some money down on them for rookie of the year, they're going to return your investment, you know, three, four, five, maybe even more fold. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. And without further ado, let's kick it off. Let's go to Vinny here. Vinny, we're going first with the American League. And I would like to know, who is your AL Rookie of the Year pick if you were going to throw some money on it right now? Well, I have stated this before in a previous video, but my block, not a lock, but my pick is Oscar Colas, outfielder for the Chicago White Sox. We saw him perform... Unbelievable. That's on well. that's on FanDuel, right? I'm sorry, Vinny. Yes, that is, oh, no, that's on DraftKings. I have them at plus sixteen hundred. I think it's on FanDuel as well. Or it might have even I'm double check that too, but uh yeah, it says it on the screen, I think. It has it on there. Yeah, but Colas, he's a special kind of bat. Um he's except exceptional defensively too. I think there's more power than is advertised there. If we're talking about a rookie that's gonna probably break camp. Mm -hmm. like Colas is the guy, like I don't see anything holding him back besides an injury. Knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But he just fits the typical mold of a impactful rookie bat. And usually the, we've seen those guys win year after year after year. Like last year we saw Michael Harrison, mm -hmm. um, Julio Rodriguez, like these guys that bring camp and just succeed and just impact the game. Um, my dark horse is a very interesting one. Like there was a few names I was looking at for this, but then I, I narrowed it down to one. My, uh, my other one is Curtis Mead of the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm -hmm. Similar to Colas. I think Curtis Mead, he could potentially break camp with the Rays. They need another infielder plus another bat in that lineup. You know, Videl Brujan, I think he's a way better talent than he is. I think he could easily jump him out of a starting spot this year in that infield. Similar to Colas, he's performed just the past couple years. He's been solid uh, power speed, power speed, solid infielder. Like another impactful bat that will probably help the Rays this year. Um, another uh, uh, one more to add into that. I kind of like um, Logan Ohope. Ohapi. I hope we do this every time we bring him up. Ohapi, I'm pretty Ohapi. sure. Logan yeah, Ohapi. Catcher of the Angels. He's probably going to start with the Angels out of camp this year. He had a very nice home run today. It was crushed it, but he's another one of those sneaky players that if he gets 
you know, he gets uh, he gets at bats. Watch out! This he's going to run away offensively and steal a show out there in L.A. And I forgot to put my odds, but my odds for Curtis Mead were plus thirty five hundred, and then my Logan O'Hopi Hoppy were plus forty five hundred. Both of those are really, really dark horse type of odds. Going back to your first guy, Oscar Colas, I myself threw $25 on him to win rookie of the year. 314, 23 homers, 79 RBIs, 81 runs scored across uh, stops at high A, double A, and also had 31 at-bats at triple A. And while he was at triple A over those 31 at-bats, hit 387. 23 home runs in 117 games, had a 470-foot blast at double A Birmingham. Has been working out with Luis Robert this offseason, also with White Sox Major League Field Coordinator Mike Tosar and hitting coach Jose Castro. Just look at just the context. He has the makeup and everything you want in terms of just an explosive outfielder in terms of hitting home runs, hitting the ball hard. Uh, but also what's very interesting is Eloy Jimenez is going to be the DH. You have Andrew Vaughn out at first base. Gavin Sheets is horrible at defense to the point of, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a Guardians broadcast last year where Gavin Sheets dropped a fly ball in right field, and one of the announcers said, that's a that's a shitty play. <laughs> it was oh, yeah, actually I remember hilarious. That. I remember uh, that. Yeah, and so, like, Gavin Sheets is not touching the outfield. He'll mix into the DH some first base. Uh, he's, a, he's a bad first guy. So the other options in right field are going to be Billy Hamilton, Jake Marisnik, Victor Reyes, and Lurie Garcia. Uh, so I think it's his job to lose. And if you can get right, if he were to start opening day, those odds would, would just drastically drop. So you're getting at a really good discount. So Oscar Calls was definitely my favorite one here as well, Vinny. But and Nick, I know you're going in a completely different direction here. Um, actually, I I love the Oscar Colas play a lot. I don't mm-hmm. see any world where he doesn't make the team out of spring training. I think both of you guys would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, lost my train of thought. Had something else I was gonna. Your American League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I was going to bounce off of something else you guys said. But um, anyway, (laughs) so my American League Rookie of the Year picks. My favorite is Tristan Casas, the Boston Red Sox at 9-1. to Those odds, I believe, were 9-1 to pretty much everywhere. I'll um, find him up. So, yeah, pretty much everywhere. He's he's 9-1. to I try to find other books, see if I can find any better odds. But it's Mm -hmm. consensus around uh, 9-1. to Um. So I'll talk a little bit about Casas real quick. Um, so if, if you're not familiar with him, he's first base prospect for the Red Sox. Um, and a little while back, I don't know if you guys remember this report, but the Miami Marlins were interested in Tristan Casas. And they were offering, it seemed to be that they were offering Edward Cabrera or Pablo Lopez or Trevor Rogers. We all know Trevor Rogers. Last year was a mess, but I don't think anybody's counting on him being that bad again this year. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the Red Sox absolutely just shot it down. Uh, Tristan Casas has hit skill to all fields, right? Um, his grade, he's got a 55-grade hit tool, 65-grade power. He doesn't have any speed. Typical first baseman. He's not going to steal you any bases. Um, so that's that's why I'm on Tristan Casas. I mean, he, he just mashes. All right, I could – I mean, I could list his, his minor league stats, but we'll, we'll keep on moving to my second one, which I did not know that Vinny was on this as well. But I'm on Logan Ohapi for sure. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, Logan Ohapi was, is reported to be Otani's catcher for the season. Really? I did not hear that. I, um, 
I saw that a few days ago that uh, that Shohei Otani wants him as his catcher, mm. and they've been working things out. And pretty much everything I've seen, it seems like Ohapi is going to be the guy. Um, I he's a catcher. He probably won't play every day. I mean, he's not going to play every day. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember the Brandon Marsh trade too. I mean, Brandon Marsh is not a trash prospect or player by any means. I actually really like Brandon Marsh. And while Joe Adele was coming up and um, everybody had Marsh ranked below him, I kind of was always like, watch out for Brandon Marsh. I, th- I think he could, I don't know if he'd be better than Joe Adele. I mean, he is now. And the other thing with that, with the Angels trading Brandon Marsh for Logan Ohapi, I think we can all agree that the Angels can't seem to like Joe Adele, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Vinny's the, the prospect guy. Would would you agree with that? Yeah, they they if they could get rid of him, I guarantee you they would do it in a heartbeat. So it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they would trade a solid outfielder in Brandon Marsh. Yeah, he strikes out a lot, but I mean, when he when all things are clicking for him, he's he's really a stud. Um, so Logan Hoppy, I mean, dude can hit twenty five home runs this year. All right, he doesn't strike out a ton. Again, with Casas, he's got no speed. Neither of these guys have any speed that I'm listing. But those are those are my two picks. Logan Ohapi, fifteen to one. He's eighteen to one, I believe, on FanDuel. I think I had that up a minute ago. And um, and yeah, Tristan Casas. And Tristan Casas, there's some some weird things too going on. I don't know if you guys his the veterans had a problem with him sunbathing in the outfield last year. I read that. that report. And um, he he paints his nails. He's a quirky dude, but I love it. I think that this Red Sox team is just vibing already. And with all the first base problems they had last year, I think he's their guy, and I think he's going to get the keys to the car, and he's just going to run with it. Going back to Ohapi, uh, 283, 416, 544, with 26 home runs, a career high, and 78 RBIs across 104 games uh, at Reading and Rocket City before he bypassed AAA. And then the short taste in the majors, 4 for 14, a 286 batting average. Uh, and also throughout 26% of base runners in 287 minor league games. Looks like he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And if he's already Otani's personal catcher, you know there's like already a floor established there. And uh, not hard to beat out uh, the ghost of, I, I can't even remember his name at the top of my head. Um, he's always injured, uh, the other catcher. Um, was, not, was it Stassi? Yeah, thank you, Max Stassi. He was horrible last year too. Yeah. Awful. It's not hard for him to be able to get the starting role. And uh, you have their two studs, obviously, there and Otani and Trout. But uh, there, I mean, you have Brandon Drury. What can we expect from him? Joe Adele, obviously, we just talked about him. Uh, there, there are some question marks about the rest of this lineup. And uh, I do think that he has a chance to make an impact. So I, I love the the Ohapi call from both of you guys. And the fact that you guys shared him, I think, is even more for our audience to uh, to take a look at those odds. Yeah. At a, you said plus 1,800, right? Is that what and it was? Vinny, did you say you got him at 45 to 1? Yeah, that's on DraftKings. What? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Nick's making a pick after the show. Yeah, He's going to make a bet. Let's see if they updated it. But, yeah, he had a couple hits today. But yeah, last night I saw it and I was absolutely blown away because he ha- he's one of the few players that came up last year and had very good success. Well, That's insane. Uh, while he's looking that up, let's switch over to the National League. And Vinny, your National League picks range, you have your favorite and then you have your long shot here. 
And I love both of these calls. One of them now is becoming an increasingly high favorite, kicking things off with Corbin Carroll. Yeah, Corbin Carroll, we might actually see his uh, his odds go negative because he just, so far in spring training, he's been nothing but perform. He's exceeded. He's stealing bases. He's hitting balls. And he just has like a, he's a rookie, but he has like a veteran presence to him. Like everyone around him in the clubhouse just like, just like meshes with him like he just has this like special like vibe to him that is you really don't see really often with rookies but Mm -hmm. if we're looking at his previous success he's you know another one of those prospects that have done nothing but exceed every single level he's played at even barring a terrible shoulder injury that ended his 2021 but like the only concern that i would have with corbin carroll is if he doesn't hit for power but even if he doesn't hit for power i think he does everything else so good that it, it wouldn't affect his rookie of the year perform like his odds. Yeah. He'll, he'll play every day. Obviously the diamondbacks have a reason for him to get rookie of the year because they'll get the extra draft pick. So they'll give him every chance to succeed. I know down the stretch, I'm pretty sure they sat him against lefties to preserve his rookie eligibility, but shouldn't be the case this year. Uh, do you think I made the wrong decision um, in TGFBI? I took Cedric Mullins over him. Would you have taken Corbin Carroll? Did I make the right call, Vinny? I would have taken Carroll just because I know there's going to be no one that jumps him there in Arizona. Cedric Mullins, you know, he's going to, I don't, I don't think he'll hit as much as Corbin. Like if we're talking ceiling to floor, Cedric Mullins probably has a better floor than Corbin Carroll, which sounds weird because we really haven't seen much from him in the small sample size. But if we're talking ceiling, Corbin Carroll could end as a, you know, top, 15 uh, fantasy player next year. Like we're talking, you know, Trey Turner, uh, a Trey Turner outfielder with some decent power. Yeah. No, I agree. His potential is limitless. And that's why he's the heavy rookie favorite here. Before you give your long shot pick, I want to hear from Nick. Give us uh, who you're looking at in the national league. My, my favorite national league pick actually has worse odds than the other guy I'm going to be betting on, but Jordan Walker is, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a big surprise. And I will say I made that bet before everybody got on Jordan Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know he, how much the odds have changed since have they changed they, it all? They have not on my book. Um, now let me see. Um, wait, did I pass him? Okay. Yeah. yeah so actually, yo, so they've dropped on here, but, on Bavada, they're still nine to one, mm-hmm. and um, I think Bet US maybe they're like eight to one, um, plus eight fifty something like that. But yeah, so it looks like these books have adjusted, and I'm sure the other books won't be far behind. But um, <clears throat> even getting him seven to one, I really like it. And um, now one one kind of storyline thing, I like the I like the storylines. I'm a big stats guy and numbers guy. That's kind of what I do all year. But I think mm-hmm. with some of these players and the year-long things and, and what the teams say about their players without actually saying them goes a long way. Like, we all remember the Juan Soto sweepstakes. And it seems like there's five different players that the Cardinals had that were like, this guy was the deal-breaker for the Cardinals. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've heard some people say it was Lars Newtbar. I've heard some people and, and read some things saying it was Dylan Carlson. Um, a lot of people also said it was Jordan Walker. Um. Jordan Walker, I think, is the closest thing to J-Rod of 2020, uh, 2021 or 2022, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just think he's, I mean, he's got the power. He's got the speed. I don't know if he's as fast as J-Rod. I don't know. I have to, to look into all that. But, I mean, I think that Jordan Walker, if he makes the team, which it's looking like he can as crowded as St. Louis is, they got a lot of mouths to feed mm-hmm. on that in that lineup. But I think that Jordan Walker, I mean, if he plays all year, and even if he doesn't play all year, he's got an awesome shot to do it. I mean, he can hit 280, 25 homers, 25 steals. And I think the only question for St. Louis that they're waiting on to be answered is how is his defense in uh, in spring training. So if if his outfield defense is solid, I don't think they're I don't think he's going to leave a lot up in the air on making the team. Same thing with Julio Rodriguez last year. Before spring training, I mean, people didn't think J Rod was even going to make the big league club. Everybody thought he would spend a few months in AAA before he came up. And I think people were thinking that about Jordan Walker. But there's there's a lot of a lot of things go in his way to make the club. And the fact that the Cardinals, I think, are pretty much not sold on Dylan Carlson anymore. Yeah. Uh, he'd be one of his competition for the outfield because you'd think Lars Newtbar, Tyler O'Neill, and um, Jordan Walker could potentially be their outfield with Dylan Carlson kind of platooning at this point with uh, mm-hmm. kind of just being horrible, weak contact, no power, uh, just been very inconsistent. So. Jordan Walker very much could win a shot out of spring training the way he's playing, and those odds are very juicy. Uh, Vinny, your other pick is somebody that is very, very, very deep here. Yes, my dark horse, which if you've been watching any anything with me in it, I've, I've gone on the ledge to say how much I like this kid this year. Sal Freelick, outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Similar to every other name I've listed tonight, he's done nothing but perform at every level he's played at. He's uh, He's been ad- more advanced than some of the competition he's been there, too. You're going to see a bat that, you know, is a nice blend of power, speed, g- good contact, like very similar to Stephen Kwan of last year. Mm-hmm. He probably hits a little more for power, but we're talking about a guy that's just going to impact the game and you know potentially make a run you know with Corbin Carroll and maybe Jordan Walker Sal Freelick but it all this is all if he breaks camp you know so far this spring he's been very good I know today he had two hits out of his three at bats for them I think he has two more on top of that but he's already making an impact the club loves him the organization loves him you know if we're talking about a you know a name to just throw a little money on and just, you know, hope for the best. That's, it's pretty good odd, you know, pretty good odds at plus 3000 for self free. Like, like he's a special talent. And I think when he comes up, we're going to realize how, you know, we all doubted him because he just has that kind of swagger and, you know, performance with him right now trying to fight with Garrett Mitchell for the starting center field job. And and like you're saying, Vinny, those odds will shoot up if he wins the job out of camp. Hit 331 last year, only 11 home runs. But the thing being, he only struck out 63 times in 562 plate appearances. He also is very fast. And even though he's only 5'9", he has elite contact skills, can give you double-digit home runs. And he'd be one of those guys like kind of slips under the radar, but would accumulate stats by the end of the season. You're like, wow, like no wonder he's in the rookie of the year discussion because of his skills. So definitely somebody when you get down to those type of odds is very much worth to throw a few dollars on here. And uh, Nick, your guy may not be down that low, 
but he's somebody I think that doesn't get talked about enough with the guys like Jordan Walker and Corbin Carroll and these other big name guys that he's kind of slipping through the cracks a little bit here. Yeah. So it's definitely not a, it's not a dark horse by any means. Like I was talking to you guys earlier. I don't, I mean, I put my money on the guys who I think are going to win the best, you know? And so it's, it's Miguel Vargas. I got him at six to one. He's uh, 7.5 to one on a FanDuel. Let me have to scroll up for him. Yeah. So I got him at six to one and Caesar has him at nine to one. That's kind of wild. And now with some bad news yesterday and today, uh, I made this bet before Gavin Lux got hurt, but with Gavin Lux, I believe he's going to be out for the season, right? Yeah, torn ACL. Yeah, and I'm a big Gavin Lux guy, so I'm a little, little torn up about that. And um, I really like Gavin Lux. But anyway, so there's an open spot. I mean, the Dodgers kind of – they let Trey Turner go. Like I said, the team's saying things without actually saying them, with their, their moves, their – roster construction the Dodgers are kind of given Vargas the keys this year I mean Lux was supposed to be a part of that they were given these young guys let's see what we got and then let's make a big run at Otani next season is what seems to be what they're they're going for but anyways um something that I kind of found crazy uh the bat x projections has Miguel Vargas eighth in projected first base war mm-hmm. which is which is kind of wild the projection systems are usually really passive on on rookies but that was that was kind of interesting to me. But Miguel Vargas, Miguel Vargas, sixty grade hit tool. I mean, the dude just hits the ball um, with fifty five grade power. And the Dodgers um, Dodgers ballpark is a pretty good ballpark for home runs. And um, three thirteen uh, minor league career average, and his power projection really came through the last couple years too. And I think he can steal in the double digits of bases, especially with the new rules. I mean. I know they had those new rules in the minors last year too, but mm-hmm. I think despite his 40-grade speed, I think he's a little bit faster than that. Um, and he had like, what, a 16% K percentage in the minors too, or like the last couple years. So he doesn't strike out, and that's that's a big thing for a lot of these prospects coming up. I mean, we saw it with Kelnick. I mean, if you, if you strike out, it doesn't matter how hard you hit the ball or how – how far you can hit it, you know? So yeah. it just seems like the Dodgers have, have no choice. Um, it seems like they have no choice but to play him at this point. And I think he's a stud. I really do. I think these are all great picks, guys. And between the, the names we gave tonight, I think, you know, there's a couple long shots. Obviously, Nick, you only are giving picks where you're throwing money down. So, you know, you're kind of putting your money where your mouth is in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, and Vinny, again, going deeper on a couple guys, gives us a nice spectrum of where people can choose to make bets this season for rookie of the year. And we also gave you the sites that they're looking at too. So if you're looking for the odds, again, they were on the screen and also said you guys can can take a look for that in the video. Uh, but that's going to do it here. We wanted to make sure we were in here, gave you guys our rookie picks and reasons why we're going to be putting money on these type of guys. And if you enjoy this type of content going forward, we'll make sure we can mix in some good betting topics here on the call up in terms of uh, rookie production, what we can expect and all that good stuff. Uh, Nick, thanks so much for joining the show, man. We got to do two shows together in a week, which is uh, definitely a treat. Please plug all the, the great work you're doing where people can find you. I had, hey, real quick. Uh, yes. I have one more thing. If, if we go, are room go for ahead. it. Go ahead. Um, 
just as far as as picking rookie picks, and I totally forgot to say these things. I was going to talk about him, but um, Hunter Brown's been picking up a lot of steam, and it's been really hard for me not to make that bet for for Hunter <laughs> Brown rookie of the year. But just yeah. a couple of things that I noted. I mean, last year, Spencer Strider. I mean, how could you have a better rookie season than that as a pitcher? I know Michael Harris was outstanding too, but Spencer Strider. I mean, he was like second, third, first in, in K percentage, CSW, mm-hmm. swing and strike rate, like all those different things. I mean, he was crushing it. I know he got hurt down the stretch and um, and whatnot. But one thing that I made as far as like as betting for rookie of the year is um, as, as pitchers. Like in the American League, the last two pitchers to win the award were Michael, Fol- Michael Fulmer in 2016 and Jeremy Hellickson in 2011. All right, mm-hmm. and then for the National League, Devin Williams won it in 2020. That's the 2020 season. I think we can. I mean, Devin Williams is outstanding. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if he would have won that in a a full, full season. Se- yeah, not to discredit Devin Williams, he's incredible. Um, and then Jacob Degrom in 2014, and then Jose Fernandez in 2013. Those are those are two superstars right there, and I don't think there are any superstars. I mean, you could say Grayson Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Be a superstar, but it seems it looks like the Orioles are going to limit him to like four innings per start for the first few um, first few months. So that's just just a couple of things that I noted as far as like when everybody is making your own rookie of the year bets. Just some some extra things to think about. That's a really good way to to kind of finish the discussion because, like you said, I think everybody once Lance McCullers went down, they were looking at Hunter Brown in that discussion, and just the lack of pitchers that have won this award and just the exceptional talent that they are. A lot of them uh, definitely makes the odds seem kind of stacked in his favor in a sense. And add the fact in too, that maybe if he's average and McCullers comes back, maybe they bump him from the rotation, you know, or they go six man and he doesn't get as many starts. There's a lot of things going against Hunter Brown. So I think that's a a good way to look at it here. Yeah. And I I like Hunter Brown. This isn't a a knock at Hunter Brown. I think he's going to be outstanding this year. It's just like, to see Spencer Strider be that good and not win the award, like what's it going to take? That's you know? a good point. It's just, that's where I'm at. Like there were a couple of pitchers I wanted to click. It's just like, I just, I can't get myself to do it over these bats. And, and yeah. Just bet on Hunter Brown during the year. Just don't bet on him for a full year. Award. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Nick, please plug all the work that you do where like, people can find you on Twitter. And uh, again, if people want to follow your picks. Yeah. So, most or all my picks will be posted on my Twitter at Nick's MLB picks. I post my bets when I make them on dub club. It's a site where you can subscribe to my bets and have them texted to you right Mm -hmm. away. So like I make a bet, I put it in my dub club. You get the same odds that I do. Um, My Twitter, I'll post them on there when I have the full card done. So sometimes the odds aren't the same and my dub club is free. So I feel bad sometimes if my the lines have moved on my Twitter, but again, I send it to my dub club. That gets priority. I'm trying to grow that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as of late, I've had somebody on Twitter actually getting my picks and posting them on their own. So that's kind of been a little slimy. So I've been posting yeah. them a little bit later than I usually do, and uh, that's been a little weird. I haven't had that happen before, but I just found it for spring training of all things. And yeah, that's, that's how you know you made it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely not. It's a, it's an everyday thing. Gambling is. I mean, there's no, uh, there's no, like, look at what I've done. Rents mm-hmm. do every day. That's what I say. 
I love, I've only got into sports gambling once I moved here uh, to New Jersey in August. It wasn't legal in Baltimore where I had moved from that time. And I did really well in football season. And I'm so excited for baseball season and, and to yeah. carry that over. And just having discussions like this had me really excited uh, for everything to come this baseball season. And it's going to be awesome. Nick is going to hopefully be someone you'll see frequently on this channel with guest appearances. We love everything he's doing at Triple Play. And um, make sure you guys are following him at Nick's MLB Picks. Tons of great free betting content to help you win some free money. So uh, check him out. Vinny. Anything you want to make sure our audience knows? Anything you got coming on in your uh, in your Discord or anything coming out? Um, no, not really. But uh, I'm gonna try and start as we start getting kicking in the uh, minor league season. I'm gonna mm-hmm. try and start doing like a at least once a week, maybe Friday or a Saturday. I'm gonna start doing uh, spaces on Twitter just to do a little recap of mm-hmm. everything that's happened, like the minor league slash rookie you know, performances. But besides that, no, just, uh, just excited for baseball. It's, it's literally around the corner. It is. It's exciting time and talks like this get me even more pumped. So yeah, make sure you're following these two gentlemen on Twitter and that's going to do it for this episode of the call up. We'll be back with some more normal minor league topics coming up in the next week or two seasons fast approaching. So we'll be having our normal, obviously scheduled programming in just a few short weeks. But until then, for Nick, for Vinny, I'm David. We'll catch you all in the next episode of The Call-Up.